You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I am your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for joining us today on the show. Oh, boy, but before we get to the show, you know what we got to do. We have to hit up all those social media outlets that you need to start joining us on so we can grow the show on the Instagram Talking Wrestling Podcast at the old Instagram. On the Twitter, we are at tnw pod uh you want to drop us a gmail drop it to us on uh talking wrestling at gmail.com and uh, also if you want to find us on the facebook talking wrestling on the old facebook you can find us there now if you're listening to us on itunes why don't you just give that little button a click there the one that says subscribe and uh, give us a uh, five stars while you're at it and you know what if you go all the way and you give us a review as well, then we will find that review and we will find you and we will send you a postcard um, from the 80s. We will go back in the 80s and we will get you the postcard that you need. That's what we will do. Some of these postcards are fantastic. Uh, I enjoy giving them out and uh, it's pretty cool that they are. I'm just pulling up my iTunes here uh, because uh, I do believe that there are some new uh, reviews. So I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to who uh, who's dropping us reviews lately, and uh, yeah, so here we are here and just checking this out. Let me see here. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, July nineteenth, two thousand eighteen. This one just came in. Awesome podcast, five stars from Logan LeBron. Uh, it says uh, this is my favorite podcast, let alone wrestling podcast. Casey is so funny. No wonder he's a comedian. And he knows this stuff about wrestling. Well, thank you, Logan. Thank you very kindly for sending us that review. I'm not going to dispute it. I'm going to agree with everything you say. Because uh, I do think this is uh, my favorite podcast. uh, Let alone a wrestling podcast. And I do think that I am funny. And sometimes I wonder why I'm a comedian. But uh, I do know my stuff about wrestling. So that is an accurate uh, five-star review right there. And I appreciate you taking the time to uh, get on the computer and do that. And we will be sending you out a postcard. And, um, you know, if you want to get to us and tell us who you want, we'll try to get you who you want. Otherwise, we'll just surprise you. So, uh, Logan LeBron, uh, thank you for the five stars and thank you for the review. And uh, we will get you that postcard very, very soon. Uh, With that said, it's showtime, folks. Who do we have today? Uh, Jan Murphy is on the show friend of the show for those of you who are listeners to the show for a while uh jam was on last summer he's from kingston ontario and he uh he writes he's, he writes for the kingston wig standard he's a man of many many trades um not only does he work for uh, a newspaper the newspaper in kingston ontario he also writes a wrestling column uh, that's picked up by sun media so it's uh, across canada and uh, he is going down to SummerSlam, or he went down to SummerSlam to cover his third SummerSlam for Sun Media. 
and uh, that's really cool, um, you know, that he gets to do that. Uh, not only is he a, a wrestling journalist, uh, he's a wrestling promoter. They have some great things going on uh, with his company that he has, A1 Entertainment. He also is the promoter and booker and owner, I believe, of uh, Chinlock Wrestling, which does a great charity show in Kingston every year. This year it's on December 1st, and they've got some talent coming in for that show. Um, he'll tell us more about that. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, for those of you who are like, will you stop rambling and just get to the show? All right, I'll stop rambling. I'll get to the show already. Um, folks, so with that said, joining me at this time in studio, we uh, he is there right now with Casey Corbin. Folks, I hope you enjoy uh, today's episode. Uh, we're reviewing SummerSlam, and uh, we're very lucky to have Jan Murphy with us from Kingston, Ontario, a wrestling journalist, Jan Murphy. Take it away, Casey. Join me in studio at this time, right here, right now. Uh, you've heard him here before, around uh, this time last year. He was uh, on the show, and he's back. Good friend of the show, Jan Murphy from Kingston. How are you doing, Jan? I'm all right. How about you? I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm just coming off a, uh, a beautiful weekend of wrestling. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty fantastic from my end, and I'm just a viewer sitting at home in Toronto, as, of course, uh, you went down and covered SummerSlam for the Sun Media. So you must have had an, just an amazing weekend. I had a pretty uh, out there weekend. Now, before we get rolling here, you are recording, right? I am I am recording. We're not doing 45 minutes of practice this time. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, wonderful weekend down in uh, Brooklyn. My third straight SummerSlam, and uh, everyone has been amazing. Everyone has been a little bit different. Uh, not only the show, but uh, the experiences. And uh, I'm home. I'm sick, but I'm. Uh, it's over. Well, I noticed that if you do four years of Summer Slams at Barclays, apparently you get a ring. I saw Stephen oh. Hunter with super fancy rings. I don't know who's Very getting nice. them, but uh, <laughs> they were on the Twitter. I did get a bracelet. You got did a you bracelet? See my bracelet? No, I have not seen your bracelet. The, uh, that little mini championship belt that I posted the picture oh, of. Oh, I did. I, a, I did not know that was a bracelet. I thought it was like a button. Actually, a bracelet. I'm going to wear that everywhere. It's the world, uh, the universal championship, and it uh, does up like a bracelet. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah, wicked. Well, I'll be easy to pick out of a uh, crowd now. <laughs> like I wasn't already at, you know, 310 pounds. No, no. There, you know, wrestling shirt. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like you fit in with a lot of wrestlers. Like I told you, the first <laughs> the first time I saw you was with Ted DiBiase a long time ago, and I, I thought you were an indie wrestler. Last year in Brooklyn, I was asked a couple times if I was uh, one of the NXT uh, talents. Yeah, because we stayed at the at the Talent Hotel. I was not at the Talent Hotel this year staying. I was there visiting, but I was not staying. Oh, crazy! So, what did your what did your weekend entail besides uh, of lots of wrestling? You know, uh, what when you go down there to cover SummerSlam, what actually do you do besides just attending the events? Well, when they bring down international media, for me it's down. For other people, it's across. Uh, for some people, it's up because they bring. Uh, they have media from all over uh, the world, and um, you know there's some folks there from Germany, folks there from the UK. I believe I saw some uh, Mexican media, Japan, China. 
Oh, I'm sure I'm leaving some out. Uh, Australia, there was media there from Australia, uh, some fellows I had some beers with. And uh, so they offer the international media, you know, sort of more interactive experiences than they would, say, the domestic media, who quite often get access to talent all the time, right? Because it's mm-hmm. something they get on a weekly basis, you know, for some of the regular shows, they often have guests and things like that. So when they bring the international media down, they like to put together some special opportunities for them. The first thing we always do is a, is a media morning. Um, WrestleMania, it's early. Like they want you in the lobby of the hotel at 5 a.m. to, you know, head off to wherever they're going to take place. And usually you go into a room and there's any, there can be anywhere from 100 to 300 members of the media uh, from all over the world, including all the famous you know radio stations from all over the U.S. Radio Row. For SummerSlam, it's a much smaller, uh, more intimate uh, setting. So they took us to the Talent Hotel, and we went up in one of the conference rooms there, which was a big, beautiful room. And uh, they sort of divided us by media outlets, and I was at a table. They asked me to help out. I uh, fella from France who was covering uh, the first time they they had come to cover wrestling. He was actually didn't know anything about wrestling. Um, they come to sort of do a piece on the phenomenon that is WWE. So because I have such a good working relationship with WWE, they said, "Hey, would you mind sort of guiding him along and explain to the superstars, you know that." they're new and you know maybe they're going to be asking you know questions that uh, not everyone else would be asking so i helped him along and uh, we were there for five and a half six hours and they just kept bringing talent to the table so you know you could spend as short as 10 or 12 minutes asking them questions to upward of 20 minutes i think we spent 20 minutes with ember moon who I will be doing a piece on what a what a terrific story hers is. She was out of wrestling, working a you know a nine to five job at a cubicle, and uh, managed to run into Paige somewhere who she knew from the uh, independent scene. And Paige said, "You have to come, you know, give WWE another shot." And uh, so it's a great story. That's fantastic. And now she's on the main roster and, and killing it. Yeah, she's a she's a great talent and uh, an even better person. It was, it was fun to talk to her, and I got to catch up with Jeff Hardy, who I haven't seen. And well, I think I showed him. I had a picture in my in my phone that I took of he and I in the basement of the Sky Dome, and it was still called the Sky Dome at that time. And I think it was around the year 2000, which would be like one year into his career with uh, with Matt. And I still had frosted tips, and <laughs> lovely hair. And, uh, you know, eyes like a deer in headlights. And, uh, you know, Jeff was, you know, the skinny looking up and coming. I think he was probably a teenager still at this point because uh, I figure I was about uh, 21. So, yeah, he was probably about 18, 19. I think he's two years younger than me. So, yeah, he's probably 19 at the time. So it was nice to catch up with Jeff. He's at the tail end of his career. And, you know, you wouldn't know it watching him on Sunday night. Yeah, and, no. You know, Kevin Owens was there. Kevin's always a great, uh, a great interview. I spent a lot of time with Kevin on the weekend. 
Uh, so yeah, that was kind of how Friday went down. You sit at a table and they just parade talent in for five straight hours. I go back to the hotel. Uh, I decided I was going to write a tribute to Jim the Anvil Neidhart uh, for my first day. Uh, just I asked everybody about uh, their memories of Jim or you know what they thought of Jim. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids are too young to have ever met him, but uh, many grew up watching him, and uh, so it was it was a nice tribute. And actually, Natty uh, saw it. Somebody sent it to Natty, and she texted me the next day. She was quite moved by it, and uh, that was the the first day they had a the in the evening they had an international media. Uh, I'm not sure what you would call it, like a little evening of hors d'oeuvres and uh, drinks. And oh, a, soir- a soiree. A soiree, yes. They, they brought in some talent to, to mingle with us. Uh, uh, Mark Henry was up there, and Rusev, and Corey Graves, and um, Charlotte was up there for a while, and Becky Lynch. And, yeah, there was probably about a, a dozen or so uh, talent who came through. Uh, lots of hors d'oeuvres, very good. A couple of uh, cold ones. And that was the end of Friday. And uh, Saturday morning, they had us up for what was, you know, one of the cooler things that I've ever done. They took us down to, and I'm not from Brooklyn, so I don't know what it's actually called, but down on the waterfront, um, which wasn't too far from the hotel, about, you know, a mile from the hotel. Mm -hmm. They have all these beautiful piers that are set up with basketball courts and, you know, tennis courts and yeah it's just this it's the only open place i think that exists within a hundred miles of you know radius of new york it's beautiful there's like eight piers down there or nine piers and you know it's a big wide open space and some of them are covered so they invited us there to participate in a special olympics event that was a bocce uh, tournament and the idea was they would pair you know some members of the international media with a special Olympian and a WWE superstar. And of course I was teamed with uh, Carolina. I'm not sure how she pronounces her last name from, from Sportsnet. It's uh, S Z. Don't she tell me it's how to spell it? S Z. She, she told me the trick, but she never actually told me how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, and uh, Kevin Owens was our, uh, was our superstar. So we uh, we got to play bocce ball, which we were terrible at. Caroline wasn't, and I was okay. But uh, And our special Olympian was good. Let's just be honest. Kevin Owens was terrible. <laughs> so we were, knocked, uh, we were knocked out in the first round. Um, we, uh, we played a couple other uh, little events at this thing. And uh, while well, the tournament went on, and... It was a lot of fun. I got to spend some time around Kevin Owens, who and I didn't know if he knew me. I knew he knew my face, but uh, he actually did know me, which was um, Kevin's been around the uh, wrestling scene in Canada here for a long time. Yeah, I would and, think that you guys would have a lot of friends in common. We do, yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, we we got to spend a little bit of time together. You know, I got to find out kind of what he's up to. You know, obviously I know what he's up to on TV, but off TV and uh, his dad is a friend of mine on Facebook and he was sharing all of my posts and my videos and all my pictures of, uh, of Kevin from uh, from the day. So we had a lot of fun. Uh, other superstars there, Becky Lynch was there, Oscar was there, her team won. The winning Special Olympian 
on the winning team received an actual authentic universal championship belt. Oh, so, good for them. Um, yeah, the big the big show was there because he officially became a uh, an, an official you know WWE ambassador for the Special Olympics. So uh, Mark Henry was there. You know, he was kind of smack talking us a little bit when we were playing against his team. That was the team we faced in our first round. Uh, match and uh, um, Jinder Mahal was there again. I, I love Jinder. I, taught, I caught up with him on on Friday, and we talked again on Saturday. He was he was part of it, and you know he was all smiles. And that's what I you know there were so many smiles and hugs, and you know, it's such a different. Uh, if you don't get to see this, it's a, you never really fully understand what WWE does behind the scenes, and to support charities and you know the special olympics uh, make a wish there's there's so many other programs that they you know dedicate so so many resources and time to it's pretty humbling to be to be a part of it and see it happen and uh, to actually physically be a part of it this time was was quite fun yeah so that was uh, yeah that was saturday um and then NXT was Saturday night, another amazing show. What an amazing show! Like what a, uh, a like just uh, from to- top to bottom, just a very enjoyable pay per view. Yes, I truly uh, enjoyed it. It's always a great show, and Triple H has taken to holding press conferences uh, with the media immediately after the shows now, so we get a chance to go back and talk to him about. Uh, the show that night and you know he gives everyone an update to, on you know on the show and on things that are coming up uh, there was a little bit of chat about the evolution pay-per-view that's coming up in october lots of uh you know talk about uh, gargano and champa you know it's uh when, when we talk about gargano and champa i it, what makes me laugh is people complain about roman reigns and brock and their feud and how many times they've faced but nobody complains about Carcano and Ciampa and their feud that's been going on for over two years now. And uh, I don't know, maybe because one is absolutely fantastic and the other one is just, you know, the cool thing to do, uh, you know, not cheer Roman. But I really think the WWE story writing, I mean, the storylines that they've been writing recently, they're not giving uh, the fans a choice but to cheer for Roman. Like, they're making Brock so hated, that you know fans just want their champion to be there and i think that worked for like i'm jumping ahead to summerslam but like the reaction from summerslam from roman winning what was that like there live was because i didn't hear that meant like that many boos i heard mostly cheers well if you go back and you watch it and i have gone back and watched it because somebody pointed it out to me while we were having a, a, a conversation afterward the immediate uh, response to Roman when the ref finished the count was was a cheer, and then people were like, "Oh wait, you know we're not supposed to cheer for Roman," and it kind of turned to booze. Yes, it, you know there was no like they didn't litter the ring or they didn't boo and carry on like uh, you might have expected or, or like they would have a couple of months ago. And I, I said this to anyone who would listen to me prior to that match. Brock uh, finally got. Roman Reigns over. Oh yeah, I think now, so. Is too. he ever going to be beloved in the way that Stone Cold was beloved? No, of course he's not. He, he's going to fall more like John Cena 
you know, it's just the reality of, of things. Uh, but yeah, certainly, you know, Roman got over and I guess we'll see what happens, uh, you know, as, as we go forward. I think lots of people were expecting Braun to cash in. It was an interesting finish. Um, I, I don't think it was unexpected. You know, people had been, rumors had been flying that, you know, Brock's contract was up, which my understanding is it is not up. Mm-hmm. And that we'll see Brock Lesnar again. Uh, no, it's not all that, not that, all that, not all that surprising. And what a run by Brock! I mean, you know, lost in the idea. Everybody gets obsessed over him being a part timer, but I think that contributes to the specialness of Brock Lesnar. One hundred percent, I agree. And you know, five hundred and four days as the Universal Champion, it could be a long time before somebody, you know, holds the title for that long. And I just love. I love his matches. I love his selling. I love Brock selling. Like when he had, like when Roman had him going, and it looked like Brock was trying to run away from him in the ring, you know. But yeah. he kept staggering, and they kept getting speared. Like my God, this Brock! I swear to God, people don't like. He's so so good at selling, at getting beat up, even though he hardly ever gets beat up. He's so good at it. Yeah, I, I you know I've been a fan of Brock since he came back. I understand people's grievances, and everyone thinks that everyone should have to work a full time schedule to be, but yet no one complains when the Undertaker works once a year or two or three times a year because they just want to see the Undertaker. Well, for me, I just want to see Brock Lesnar. So if he's only going to work six shows a year, you know, then so be it. Uh, he's he was a great Universal Championship. He brought more credibility to that title than anyone ever, and you know the credibility that he brought to that title now transfers to Roman Reigns to see what he can do with it. Mm-hmm. And of course, they've already reunited the Shield, and this is very interesting with what's going on with that because again. I've said this time and time again on this show. Everybody loves booing Roman, but the minute the Shield get back together, they no longer boo him. They love him in the yeah. Shield. And the thing is, it's like now we see the the reemergence of the Shield. They're all back. They're all healthy. They have two of the belts, you know, like that are that are yeah. on Raw. Personally, I would like to see the faction stay together and hold those titles for a little while and. You know, because it looks like, you know, last night uh, as I watched it, it really looked like they were the bad guys. And because Braun's, you know, Braun is being cheered every time he comes out. I think the crowd just loves Braun. And, you know, Braun versus a shield feud is very interesting. Yeah, Braun is legitimately the heir in waiting. Uh, he has been for, you know, a long, long time. You know, the, the shield reuniting does a lot of things for the company it gives them a lot of parts when it comes to how they handle roman reigns as the champion it takes the pressure off of him it takes the pressure off of the company when he goes out there by himself to a smattering of booze it it does a lot of different things and i think it will inevitably be very healthy and it definitely, definitely is going to help get Braun to the point where when he wins, it's just going to be awesome. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Like, uh, two nights in a row, we were teased with the money in the bank cash in. And uh, I kind of like, he's like, 
how he goes and tells you beforehand, I'm going to cash in tonight if you win. <laughs> I do this face to face. And it's just sort of like, I find there's humor in that, you know, because nobody's ever done that before. Oh, by the way, I'm going to cash in tonight if you win. So uh, be ready. But um, yeah, I, I, I love the storylines that they're driving with. NXT was just a great show. And then I really enjoyed SummerSlam. Like, I was worried about how many matches there were. Some were okay, but then some were yeah, fantastic. There were some things that went on a little longer than they should have. I mean, that show, still from my perspective, could be tighter. It could be a three-hour show mm-hmm. easily. You know, the opening match uh, was the best match of the night by by far, quite by yeah. quite a lot. And you know, proud to say that my friend uh, T.J. Wilson was the producer for that match. I would learn after afterward when I went to hang out with him. That's um, cool. The Finn Balor was perfect. I mean, that was perfect booking. Uh, a guy who's you know was was falling into obscurity needed to be reinvigorated. Comes out, demon Finn, new look, and a quick squash match. Perfect, yeah. absolutely perfectly booked. Uh, instantly restores his credibility, and there's a guy that belongs in the uh, championship picture, and you know now safely can can get back into that picture. Uh, I thought the triple threat SmackDown Women's Championship match was good, but I thought it had the the wrong ending, um, as you can see by crowd reaction. I think yeah, there's there's no interest in Charlotte Flair anymore at all from the crowd. They they're over her. Becky Lynch is where everybody's focus is now. Well, I so. think it too is like you know because like everybody looks at the, the 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 four of them when they all came up from NXT and like the NXT four horsewomen will say. And, uh, you know, they've all, Sasha and Bailey all have, like, they, they had their chances and they had their, their, their limelight. And Charlotte has, you know, what is she's on her fifth title? I, I think when it's all said and done, she's going to have matching title reigns as with, as her dad. She's, Charlotte's beatable, but she's still like the, the most dominant woman out there. Well, not anymore, but you know. Yeah, I was going to say, no. you forgot about that uh, dominance by Ronda Rousey, which again, another match that was perfectly oh. booked. She came out, she dominated, she won clean. You know, her first reign has begun. She's going to be very difficult to take that title off of. It's very interesting because I know you watched it live, but you probably didn't see it, but the way she talked, like she's, and talking in the ring like she has alexa on her shoulders and she says i I don't know if this was like you know she didn't know that the mics were strong or where she's like are you ready but like i took it as her saying like so cocky with her on her shoulder saying are you ready and then delivering you know that i don't even know what it is it's like a it's sort of like a drop and a roll at the same time and it, it all happens so quickly and uh it's one of my like I, she's the only wrestler doing this move and i absolutely love it like i love it i just think it, it looks so good and then you know like everything that she does with the arms and the and, and the arm locks and everything i'm all like because that's what you want that's what she should continue on with and uh you know it's really it looks like i just didn't understand what what was going on with the bellas like you know, and that was a bit odd at the end. But it, it was uh, a bit. Yeah, well, I, think that's, I thought they were going to jump her at some point in the match, 
and uh, the Bellas were going to heal out. But I'm uh, not, yeah, I'm not entirely convinced that that isn't where it's going to head for uh, evolution. I think uh, you know one of the Bellas will be facing. Uh, Ronda for the title at Evolution. I think that was just the beginning of that uh, segue. But we'll see. We'll see. The Miz and Daniel Bryan was a great finish for a match that I, I just didn't feel like they had as much chemistry in the ring as they have outside the ring. When you saw those vignettes that they mm-hmm. played about all their long history, I just didn't. It didn't translate for me in the match, but it was rescued by its finish and I thought well what a great uh, what a great finish and if they're going to continue this feud for you know as, as the you know the, the year rolls on maybe this culminates at Wrestlemania they can you know somehow drag this out because uh, it, was, it was a great finish and I think there, there's more to be had there yet I, I don't feel like I'm they're done with it and I don't feel like I'm done with it either, um, you know, because this is a match that you wanted to see ever since Smack Talk Live or SmackDown Talk yes. Live or whatever that promo that Miz cut on on uh, Daniel Bryan. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting to see this happen, and finally, and it was okay. But again, like on a a card so strong, you know, it kind of some cards get lost in the shuffle. And, you know, I did like the finish as well. It's just that I felt like, you know, when I look back on the matches, you know, I look back at Roman's match and I look back at Brock's match and I look back at Ronda Rousey. And then, you know, the first match, those are the ones that really stand out for me. You know, I wish I enjoyed this, like the small Joe match, uh, AJ Styles, I thought was okay. Yeah, they didn't do a great job with two guys who really... Um, you know, have a long history. Uh, it, it, it wasn't terrible. I no, just, we've seen them do better, though. That's the thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then you know, so many other matches, like what twelve matches, even even before before the card. You know, the uh, the Rusev match there was uh, decent. Uh, yeah, I, overall, I like a very very enjoyable SummerSlam. I have to say that. Yeah, uh, I mean, some some big time notable absences. Um, by the way, Jeff Hardy continues to defy uh, age, logic, uh, pretty much everything. Uh, again, and, and you know, I had this discussion with uh, TJ after the show, and we agreed that one of the ten greatest uh, to ever work in, in professional wrestling. Uh, just, just fearless, just absolutely fearless, and. You know, getting people over by putting his body on the line like he has for almost his entire career. Mm-hmm. Can't say enough uh, great things about uh, about Jeff. You know, gave me an interview prior to the show where he talked about how his back was all messed up, and then he goes and does his finisher. You know, off the top rope, down onto the edge of the ring apron. I was glad he didn't kick out because that you know you can't kick out of everything, and you know that was that was also I thought was a. I you know, I was like, first of all, is this going to happen? This is insane. Then it happens, and you see him bounce off the the mat like violently, and then um, you know, Shinsuke throws him in the ring and you know gets the pin. I I kind of liked it because that was, you know, it didn't make Shinsuke look like he was so much better than Jeff Hardy. It just looked like he was smart enough to capitalize on a mistake. You're right, and I'm going to say this: Shinsuke Nakamura 
does not get enough credit for what a great heel he is. He does, you know, the, all the stuff that a heel needs to do, and he does it very well. I mean, that's his knowledge of, of the business. He is such a pro, uh, such an experienced veteran who understands the business. And don't forget, this guy was a face you know, like Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, proportions when he came to North America, and they decided to turn him at WrestleMania, and here we are, four months later, and you know he makes me despise him by his, you know, his antics and his the cheap things that he does, his his black pants instead of his red pants. Yeah, his his entrance music annoys me. Uh, it, it's he's perfect. I mean, he's such a an elite talent, and I'm I'm so happy that uh, that he came over, and I've gotten to you know the rest of the world has got world has gotten to see uh, how good Shinsuke Nakamura is. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Because there was there was like you know there was so many times there was some times where it's just like what are you doing with him? Or people are getting frustrated uh, with what they were doing with him or whatever because he's such a Japanese, le- like he's such a legend in Japan. You know, they, people have to realize too, it's like they're totally two different products, uh, Japan and WWE. So when he comes to WWE, it's not going to be the same as what you were watching in Japan. And, um, you know, and I like the WWE Shinsuke. I like everything that they've done with them pretty much. Well, maybe every, like, you know, at first I didn't like the ball punching uh, angle. But you know what? If if that's what it took to to really make you start not to like him, well, then, yeah. then of course, once again, um, they're right. And uh, and it's working. And, and I'm not as, I, I'm not as clever as I thought. You know that's why they do what they do, and I and I sit here with doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Some very notable, uh, you know, absence absences uh, from the card uh, f- for me. I mean, I realize they have. Uh, well, I think Triple H said they have over a hundred talent in NXT now, uh, and I believe they have over a hundred on the main roster. So that, that would put WWE, you know, with well, you know, well over two hundred uh, active wrestling talents. But I mean. You know, you, you you sort of base things off of what you see on weekly episodic TV. You have a guy like Bobby Lashley, um, who seems to be heavily involved in everything every week. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Bobby Roode seems to have fallen off the radar. You know, Cesaro and Sheamus are not on the card, and Cesaro made it, uh, you know, very verbally known. Uh, during media on Friday that he's not happy with how he's being used or not used. Um, Drew McIntyre, you know, while he was involved, was a noticeable absence for me because I believe that Drew McIntyre will be the next world champion uh, and the, ne- the next universal champion mm-hmm. for the company. So, you know, for me... Like I said, you know, take it with a grain of salt because they have so much talent. The Usos were not on the card. Um, Jinder Mahal was not on the well, card. Was was like, I don't recall. Like Oscar was not on the card either. Oscar, that's what I mean. Like, there's just the list goes on and on. Gallows and Anderson. Uh, uh, you know, Kevin Owens almost gave his life to get Braun Strowman over. 
you know, in the weeks leading up to that match, I expected more than a squash job. I was very disappointed yeah. in the outcome of that. But, you know, well, I understand. I w- they wanted to make Braun seem like he was coming out to cash in with it when he wasn't tired from a match earlier in the night, right? Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, like, what, he walked out and he walked back. I have no idea know? what that was about. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Like somebody it, was injured. Yeah, it was like he walked out. He was gonna what? He was gonna go in and RKO someone, and then he just decided, nah, no, nope, no, nope, I'm just gonna go back. <laughs> like it was, uh, Rusev, you know, pre-show Rusev, uh, Sasha Banks, nowhere to be seen. No, nope, or Bailey. No, then these are two women. Bailey. What they yeah. two years earlier are setting the you know are setting NXT like on fire, like with their match, you know, yeah, tied, and. Tied. Ty Dillinger, I mean, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit, uh, again, I understand we had five hours of wrestling and, you know, you can't possibly keep, get everybody on the card, but some noticeable absences for, from where I, from where I sit. Well, I was talking about that with a previous guest not too long ago, just about, uh, about WWE signing so many wrestlers. You know, the, now they have Britain NXT, and they sign over a bunch of guys over there in Britain. And, uh, you know, it's just, sometimes it's like, to me, it's like, now they're, I heard that they want to go after the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and uh, Fel- and uh, Phoenix. I always want to call him Felix for some reason. Anyways, um, you know, it's just like, at some point, I'm like, how many people do you need? Like... You can do like it's, uh, but uh, but again, it, you know, they're indie, the independent wrestling territories are their competition technically still, and you know, I like a lot of times they're in sports. Sometimes teams will sign other teams' players just to get them away from a certain team, not necessarily to use them. I think the Yankees did that with Jose Canseco one year. They got him from uh, Boston because every time they played Boston, when Jose was there, he would kill him. So they just they got him and they sat him on the bench just they didn't need them they just didn't want to face them and you know i honestly think wwe just tries to sign up a lot of talent and uh just so they don't have to compete with so much but um i don't think they you know it's one one of those things where i'm not sure that any company that exists today uh, is even you know a blip on the wwe's radar even ring of honor running at msg during uh, WrestleMania, yeah. Well, it's probably not something that the company would choose to, uh, you know, have happen. I don't think they're even phased by it, to be honest with you. I mean, no, I think you look at like also every WrestleMania now. There are like WrestleMania has now become it's its own festival, as we all know that. But not only that, everybody leeches onto their coattails that weekend. And everybody goes to wherever it is, and then there are, you know, there's WrestleCon, and there's, well, there's a House of Hardcore show, and then Joey Janela has his show, and and there's a Ring of Honor show, and there's all these meet and greets that are, you know, not necessarily uh, with the WWE, and so these great matches happen all the time, but it doesn't affect the, their product, like, like look at the ladder match. Couple of years, well, when the before the Hardys came back, the the Bucks had an incredible ladder match with the the Hardys the night before, and uh, you know, and then for the Hardys to show up at WrestleMania, well, that if that isn't big enough, I don't know if you watched the match bef- that the night they, they had before, 
but you didn't think they were going to show up anywhere because those guys, you know, put their bodies on the line, so to say, in that ladder match and had a hell of a match. So when the Hardys came out that that, that next year, like, I mean, the next day, you know, it blew my mind because I watched, I stayed up and watched the match the night before, and now here they are in the WWE, and, uh, you know, just truly amazing truly amazing so with that said you know wwe didn't probably even care that they were wrestling the night before at ring of honor you know or or whatever card they were on and i don't think they care about everything else that goes on in town because you know their numbers are strong so you know they're the driving force of the weekend so uh even though the garden is going to be sold out they're not going to care it's not going to matter when nxt's has such a strong card at the Barclays Center. Well, you know, it's funny, and again, I think, you know, you need to know how many tickets were made available uh, at the beginning before you can truly know if it's a sellout, right? I mean, take All In, for example. Yeah. How do we know that they didn't start with 8,000 tickets? and sell 8,000 tickets, and then they can call that a sellout. And then at that point, you know, they can they can increase uh, the number of tickets available, right? To, you know, they know they're in a building that holds 16,000, but they set their, you know, their numbers where they hope to get, and, you know, they sell that. I think that, that's, that's what's going on with Ring of Honor as well. I don't, I don't, you know, know that they necessarily have sold uh, 15,000 tickets in five minutes uh, for, you know, their show at WrestleMania. I well, would imagine it was more like six or 7,000 tickets. Yeah, like, and, and here's the... Change uh, those numbers as they go. And the thing is, too, is like, um, you know, and I've I've said this again on, on other shows, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, for all in to, to sell out, if the, if it is a 10,000 it's only 10,000 it's a small venue it's a small arena like when new japan recently came into the cow palace they didn't sell it out and they're not selling out long beach either um you know which is i as i understand their tickets are pretty pricey for long beach and not only that there's just in california there's just too much there's too much going on uh, like the you got bola going on and you got you know bar wrestling and then you got you know you got uh, there's just there's just a ton of wrestling going on down there you can't go to everything and i just uh so it's just so funny how new japan they're not really selling out like they're not selling out smaller venues on their own you know so them teaming up with ring of honor well can they sell out like 16 how are they gonna how are they gonna set it up you know i'm, I'm curious so but uh we'll 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 definitely see when it happens so uh, i know friends that already have tickets to it so that's uh that's pretty cool but it's uh wrestlemania weekend you, you're not you're not going to lose wherever you go everything's going to be great yeah but uh, i'm i'm serious i'm going to survivor series this year but I'm seriously considering WrestleMania next year. You know, I'll take one at a time. Survivor Series and NXT. I've already got tickets to those. So in LA, and then I'm going to go down to that in November. So that should be good. You know, WrestleMania will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how it, how it goes because again, the WWE is asking a lot out of the New York market. Right? They've just finished their 
uh, was it third straight or fourth straight fourth. SummerSlam? Yeah. Fourth straight SummerSlam. They're coming back to do Evolution in Long Island. Then they're coming back. So, you know, SummerSlam finishes up in August. Two months after that, they're coming back with Evolution, which, you know, they're branding as, uh, you know, one of a kind. And there's talk of having international media at that event. It's a major event for them. They have Trish Stratus. They, uh, it's, it's a big one for them. And then they just finished that, and then they'll have five months, and then they'll have WrestleMania. And everything that that encompasses, fan access, NXT, you know, all the autograph signings, Raw, SmackDown. So they're asking a lot out of that market. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, it's the largest market in the world, so you know you, you might you might as well. What else do you besides uh, all the, all the SummerSlam and everything that we just uh, discussed? Uh, what else have you got coming up? Because we'll wrap this up. We're pretty much uh, pretty much at the end of our at the end of our line there. But uh, what have you got coming up? Uh, I know I know you have a lot coming up. But uh, why don't you tell everybody what they what you got coming up uh, in the near future? Starting uh, Tuesday, actually, the twenty eighth. Um, we have, uh, by we, I mean myself and Ryan Denis, who you've had on the show uh, multiple times. Uh, yep. we, we run an entertainment company on the side, A1 Entertainment. We're bringing Mick Foley up uh, to do a cross-country tour of his new show, uh, 20 Years of Hell, uh, which is a fantastic show. If you get a chance to go see it, I tell you, you should go see it. I was standing on my feet cheering at the end. It was so good. It was Mick does one-man shows like Shawn Michaels used to do WrestleMania matches. It's that entertaining, and it when it's over, you're standing on your feet. He's that good at one-man shows. And that starts in British Columbia on the 28th and works its way all the way to the Maritimes, toward the middle part of September. I think there's 19 or 20 shows now. Uh, Fantastic. There's three in BC, uh, one in Saskatchewan, I think it's in Saskatoon, uh, one in Winnipeg, uh, quite a few in Ontario, one in Montreal, and two with possibly a third being added to, uh, to the East Coast. So, you know, I highly recommend uh, you get out and see that. And I'm currently working on the the charity show for December. We have uh, Tito Santana, Vicky Guerrero, and uh, Tyson Kidd, a.k.a. T.J. Wilson, coming up for that. Uh, we're going to support the military this year as well as youth diversion. Um, you know, we got lots of uh, things happening with, with that show. You know, lots of surprises for the card. Uh, we have Spenny coming back from Kenny versus Spenny. <laughs> Jimmy Corderas. We'll be here. Um, you know, we're hoping to have Ardo Cal back to be our host. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of announcements coming regarding that show starting in uh, in September. Fantastic. So, yeah. so and lots uh, of fun, lots of fun things. And we can find you online. Uh, where can we find you online? Uh, Twitter. I'm on the Twitter machine, uh, Jan underscore Murphy, and I have a Facebook. Uh, page where you know i share most of my wrestling odysseys as well and uh you know the wig.com and chinlock.com and chinlockwrestling.com i'm not hard to find no no definitely well uh jan thanks for joining me on uh talking wrestling today 
thank you, Casey. and uh, thank you, the listeners, for joining uh, Jan and the hobo myself. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, we'll see you again next week. And uh, thanks for letting us put a headlock in your ears. And uh, have a great day. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.